Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week for a gaming overload as we recap the highlights of the Game Developer Conference 2017, and at the end, try to escape a pan, a Pan's Labyrinth-style adventure. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I had a relaxing week. You had a, a, a busier week at GDC talking to about 50 million people. Or yes, how many yeah, 60, 60 developers in three days. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was a lot of good stuff. You know, it, when it was building up, it seemed like I couldn't like get the most, like a lot of developers that I've met in the past weren't attending this year. But as those like last two weeks came, my schedule fully filled out. And now that the conference is over, there was a lot of good stuff that came out of it. Yeah, I've seen some of the posts you've been you've been putting up, and uh, there's some definitely some good stuff. Some stuff that uh, seems like it's finally coming out, and then other stuff that's new stuff that we're just hearing about now. Yep, and so we're just gonna kind of rapid fire go over quite a few the upcoming games. The first one is Old Man's Journey, which is an interesting kind of narrative story that focuses on like progressing the like life adventure so it has the puzzle adventure mechanics in that you raise and lower the background hills for the old man to walk across so the hills have to line up but this all is about kind of fleshing out his story as he gets this letter and it inspires him to go on an adventure and then as he's going things will kind of trigger memories and you'll get to view his life story as you're going on this journey along with him with new mechanics dealing with the way the hills are introduced and they have waterfalls or you might need rocks to come and break walls as you raise one part of the hill or maybe a hill can move in two different regions so you have all these different puzzle mechanics but it's kind of that narrative that really is most appealing so is it mostly you're moving those hills to get him around, or are there other kind of different types of puzzles you come across after he gets to certain areas as he's traveling around? So it's mainly about creating the path forward for him, but then, okay. yeah, as you'll get to certain points, like the there might be this rock wall, and then there's like this barrel, and you'll have to move the barrel across a couple hills and then have it create a ramp so it smashes through the wall and that allows him to get through oh okay okay i see what you mean and then they'll just build on that and then also the graphics are simply beautiful and then they also tie into the storyline so it's like bright as the journey begins and like bustling with life and then as you progress it becomes like darker atmosphere and more barren landscape and then storms come in so it follows along the trajectory of the story with the setting of the visuals yeah and it looks like you see the entire thing takes about 90 minutes to play is what yeah you said that's what your, he said that's what the developer yeah. said okay and yeah i mean it looks nice it's set to launch this spring and it's going to be a premium game okay and then there's euclidean lands which is uh really kind of a mashup of a few well-known ideas so it takes kind of the core concepts of Monument Valley and that depth perception idea, and then it mixes it in with that Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go, 
like step-by-step puzzle adventure over specific paths and then you even have a little rubik's cube as you have to shift around these uh, block elements to create the path forward for the main character yeah it looks like it has those little almost like little figures miniatures like you'd use in a on a board game that you're kind of moving around navigating around these these various cubes yeah, so you have to spin the cubes to create the path or maybe direct enemies out of your way because if when you move, they move, so you don't want to, you know, send your character into a position where the enemy will smack into you like in Hitman Go. And so now you actually have to deal with the kind of 3D idea where you can spin the camera 360 degrees to see how the other sides of the cubes will look as you rotate them to see the current path. And you need to keep doing that as they introduce multiple cubes to rotate, transporters, moving enemies, and then you even have boss battles within the puzzle adventure scope where they might move across multiple paths and take up these big regions and you'll have to backtrack and move all around. There's a lot of trial and error in seeing how the board unfolds with each move you make and spins of the cubes. Yeah, this one looks great. This one uh, looks right up my alley. Now, yeah. when, when is this one coming? And this one, he's aiming, I think, just a couple weeks. Like, he's getting final oh, wow. bug fixes and approval from Apple. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, so we should be talking about this on the podcast with an actual release pretty soon. Cool. And then there's Chuchel, which comes from the makers of Botanicula, as well as Machinarium and Somerset 3. And so this kind of continues that theme of their deluxe puzzle adventures with really kind of outlandish artwork. But instead of those essentially expansive games where, you know, you go to one scene and then another scene and you have to backtrack and use pieces from different scenes to create the path forward, the entire level is on one screen. They're like little bite-sized mini puzzles where you'll have Chuchel, he's the main character, and you'll need to get him to the cherry. To get to that cherry, you'll need to interact with all the different items on the scene. It's essentially a white backdrop that's a stage, and then there's these different characters. Like, there might be this big yellow guy, and you have to tap on him to interact with him, and he'll open up, and he'll give you something, but it's not the cherry. It's some, like, cap or whatever. (laughs) And then you'll have to keep doing that, but then you'll finally find you know, an item on a stick that he wants, and then he'll exchange it for the cherry. And you have these different, like, puzzle ideas. They're essentially puzzle mini-games with these really deluxe animations that that's probably the highlight is just the colorful and creative animations to see Churchill interact with each stage. Because even if you don't get the solution, there's a funny little animation tied to each mistake. And, of course, there's a really ornate animation when you do find the solution. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, this is Amanita Design, I believe, is the company. And one of the biggest things I love about all their games is the beautiful artwork. And there wasn't much in the little teaser trailer they launched, but I'm assuming it has that same really rich arts that they've been kind of known for throughout all their apps. Yeah, the... So each one is like a white stage. You know, they're like in a shadow box kind of white backdrop. And then all of the characters, though, are tied together because the company itself, it's set up into three teams where there's like one oversight of the whole thing. But the team that made Botanicula is making Chuchel, and that's a different team that made Machinarium and Somerset 3. So this is kind of the next game after Botanicula, and it uses the same character ideas and design style. 
Okay, yeah, I mean, I love it all of all of their various art styles, and yeah, so I'm. This is one of those that's like a, a must check out as soon as it comes out type for me because I I've just been thrilled with everything they've launched so far. Yeah, they've made some great games, and all the animations are set. And now they're just creating levels. You know, they're just thinking of new ideas and new items to interact with. And they're going to take a while to do all that because the game isn't set to launch until late 2017. Okay. So yeah, I think usually their games tend to show up near the end of the year, if, I, if I'm thinking correctly. So that's not really surprising. They tend to release around like November timeframe, I think, usually in the past. Yep. And then there's Kami 2, which comes from State of Play Games. They made Lumino City as well as Inks and, of course, the first Kami. And if you haven't <laughs> played that game, it's a paper folding game. It takes kind of the ideas of, like, origami and it applies it to a color fill based puzzle game, kind of like Paint Buckets, where your ultimate goal is to turn a multicolored grid into one solid color. So to do so, you might have, like, a blue sequence, a red sequence, and a white sequence. And you tap the red bucket onto the white sequence so now both the red and the white sequences are red and then you tap the blue to make them all blue so you kind of build out that way and the original used square paper and so the sequel uses triangle paper that doesn't change that much on the surface but it actually allows them to create all new levels because with triangles you can really create ornate little interlocking shapes to make it that much tougher to get the colors you know synced up into one uniform color yeah i remember really enjoying the first one i just looked it up and it's 2013 the original one came out i, wow. I can't believe it's been that long since the original came out so i i'm definitely uh excited about this one as well just because i recall i mean granted it's been quite a while since i played but i recall really enjoying that first one and State of Play, they make just really highly polished games, and this one continues that theme. There's even a level editor, which is as easy as drawing with your finger to create a specific color. Like, you start with a white backdrop, and they draw in, like, a blue section and then a red section. So it's that easy to create a level. There's going to be one daily challenge level based on user-created levels, and there's going to be over 100 different levels to complete from the developers. Yeah, and State of Play is just another one of those studios that just really nails the artwork so well. Everything looks so beautiful and almost that realistic that you're it almost looks tangible these pieces of paper that you can touch and fold. It just looks so real, but it's on your device. And then speaking of kind of real tangible idea, they have an AR mode where you can point your device at a printout, a business card, a poster, and you can actually solve it in the real... So you have the real-world picture, and then you tap on the colors, and the colors fold on the augmented reality camera view. It's pretty neat. Oh, wow. That's That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's at the end of our gameplay video. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I just got to that part of your video. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that right now, where they're panning over stuff, and it's turning into puzzles. Yeah, so that that's a really neat inclusion. And Kami 2, I think, is set to launch by the end of March, so that one's not too far out. Oh, wow, that's really soon, too. Yeah. And then there's Reckless Getaway 2. Hopefully you, everyone's played Reckless Getaway 1 from Pixelbyte Games because it's just super deluxe in creating that police chase 
feel and then it makes it into this over-the-top action adventure game where rather than like an endless run it's a level-based kind of a fade the cops maximize your score in these specific scenarios well reckless getaway 2 actually transforms the formula back into an endless game but in doing so they made these really expansive maps there's five different maps and they're almost set up into globes. So you could start at one point and then drive all the way around and make it back to that starting point rather than kind of a top-down fixed map. So it's like a living, breathing world to drive around in. And you do just try to drive for as long as possible, but they've given you specific missions. So there's like a delivery service where it's like a crazy taxi kind of thing where you pick up a package and you need to drive across town to another package. And then the cops are still chasing you while you're doing anything. You might have to pick up fuel reserves or various different items across town and then the cops just keep piling in they'll have spike strips down and it's just again that over-the-top action but just now in a more focused kind of on-the-go playable form so are those missions are they just kind of roll one after another or are they based on kind of like where you are in the overall arcing map of where of this location like almost like a burnout paradise where you drive over certain areas to pick up certain types of missions or is it just as soon as you finish one they give you some new random type of mission to go on no to it, it's it's more open world you just drive around and encounter the missions and they're rolling okay system. oh cool yeah. yeah that's one of the things i loved about burnout that whole burnout paradise uh franchise so this sounds and it almost looks like they they change up the art style a little bit for this yeah uh, it's even it's really pitch. super ornate 3d uh graphics like the first one is more boxy and kind of rudimentary this one really takes it up a notch yeah cool and with this game the unlockable cars are probably the neatest aspect because they're tied to different regions so you start off like the standard corvette and you're in the city but then if you unlock a forklift you're now in this factory setting and they have oh, a golf cool. <laughs> cart and just all kinds of crazy things. And driving the golf cart, it was absolutely hilarious because, you know, the cops smash into you in your golf cart. It will flip over completely, but it keeps going. You can keep driving because you can sustain <laughs> a certain amount of damage before you're completely busted. And it's just hilarious watching. Like some, one time, you know, a big SUV cop smashed me over like a wall. So that way all the cops were behind the wall and then you could get away. No, I assume that golf cart has like a better engine in it. Otherwise, you, there's no way you would no, possibly escape. No, it drives pretty slow. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just part of the game. You got to pick yeah. your car, whatever you're in the mood for. Yeah. And oh, cool. so that's Reckless Getaway 2, and it's planned for April, I think. Okay. And then there's Noodle Cake Games, which they developed or they're publishing four upcoming games and all four really stood out the first one is lich spear which is this kind of crazy spear throwing game set in this you know it's based on classic like viking mythology but updated with these like neon graphics and crazy sound effects and settings and so you're in a fixed position you simply tap and drag your finger to set the trajectory of your spear and you try to kill every enemy before they get to you. So you want to aim for a headshot because that will take out enemies quicker. And then rather than an endless kind of survival thing, it's set into a single player campaign where you'll complete a wave and then you'll move on to the next section, 
all the way down the line. And then if you lose, you just reset at your current wave rather than going back to like 1-1. If you made it to 1-6, that's where you restart when you die. So that way you can kind of progress through the story. And then we got to see the example of facing DOS Pirate Viking King. So there's just some crazy stuff. The game's currently on Steam, and now Noodlecake's porting it over to iOS. Yeah, this looks cool. So it almost is like a platformer, but you're not doing any of the platforming. You're just kind of moving down a little bit further, and then you face a new wave of enemies. Eventually, you have these these boss battles as you go. Yeah. Yeah, they made an actual story kind of adventure. There's a whole map to go through, but built on that core simple mechanic of just aim and shoot. Yeah, yeah. And now are there upgrades to that that spear that you can get to You actually to have kind of... skill upgrades, so you okay. could activate a special ability like throw three spears at once and that kind of thing. Oh cool. Oh okay. Yep. And that one that one's gonna be the longest out of these four games. It's like six months away. But okay. it, it's it's a crazy setting and there's a <laughs> lot of humor packed into it too. Yeah, for all of these, we should mention that on App Advice you have videos for, I would say, most of these, um, if not all of them. But some are just teaser, uh, at least a couple are just teasers. But any of these we talk about, there's videos you can go and watch and post for each one of these that we're talking about. Yeah, a few of the developers actually let me capture video on site. A few others, they weren't ready to show it for prime time. But there's a lot of good stuff coming and you can actually see them in action. And so the next one is Summer Crashers, coming from Noodle Cake. And this one is interesting because it's familiar. It has an endless runner setup where you're this little girl who's never seen the summer. She's only ever been in winter. So now she wants to go down south. And to do so, she gets on this little cart given to her by this funny bear wolf guy. And so she has this little cart, and you see the game, and you're just rolling along in the little cart, and you come across obstacles. Okay, that's all well and good. But you don't have a jump button or swipes to dodge or any of that stuff. Instead, it's actually a resource management game where you're given three different tools at once. So you'll have like a barrier that you can put on the front of your car to block to blast through the snowballs. Or you'll have bouncy wheels so you can jump over these spikes. Or you'll have like a little boost package so you can go uphill. And so you need to use your resources or your tools at the right time to make it through but your resources are limited you buy it before each run so you're like okay i'm going to pick up three barriers and two bouncy wheels but then they're given to you at random so three at a time and say you know you're given you need a barrier but you don't have one you can waste bouncy wheels or whatever to then get more of the random pull from your pack so you constantly have to balance your tool pack to be able to deal with the obstacles rather than just jumping over stuff okay yeah yeah it looks like you have those tools are coming out of your bucket over on the side and as soon as you use one another one rolls up into the list of three that you have that you can deploy until you accidentally run out or if you use too many of them you're going to eventually run out and probably not complete the level yeah it's a really interesting way of doing it yeah yeah that's a really cool way of doing it because it totally changes the way you would plan things because you almost have to do levels more than once to know what kinds of things are going to come your way to know which things to bring in for the next run. Well, it's completely randomly generated within a sequence. And the best part is that it's not 
endless. It uses the endless mechanic, but there's actual story adventure where you'll complete the snow region and then, you know, the snow will start to melt and you're just in a wooded forest. And there's an actual full-on story with dialogue and ornate pixel art animations to detail the little girl's journey. She's going to actually end up making it. There's a way to complete this game. Hopefully, at the end of the video, there's actual the actual trailer of the game that shows all the different regions that you can get to. And when you complete a world, then you can move on to the next. And they've set it up where it's a mission-based system. You have a little job board, and it will be like, feed the fawn. And now you have to get carrots and give them to the fawn. And once you complete the job board, you then move on to the next region. So it's endless in that each time you go out, it's an endless run. You try to complete the mission. But that collective mission completion then unlocks the next region, and you have that overarching story to achieve. Okay, and it looks like there's boss battles as well. Yeah. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. there's some giant bear driving like a snowblower or a tractor or something. There's here. all kinds of crazy stuff included. <laughs> no, this it's kind of like Lichtspear in taking, you know, a simple kind of arcade mechanic and then implying an overarching storyline with boss battles and just change of pace. So it makes it familiar and accessible, but then gives you a lot to play rather than just chasing a high score. Now, is this a, a, a new IP or is this another one that's porting over from, from the PC world? This Do one's you know? a, a new IP, and it's about nine months away. This is actually the longest one away. Okay, okay. Because they are right now, I think there's seven worlds to get to, and they're planning on adding a couple more. So they're just building it out and fine-tuning kind of the balance. Because each time you go in, so you earn mushrooms as you're going along, and then... To, ba- to buy a barrier or bouncy wheels, it costs mushrooms. So you need to always collect mushrooms to buy mushrooms. And I think this game is going to be premium. So it's not going to be IAP buying mushrooms. That's kind of collective cycle built in with the core mechanic of the game. Okay, okay. And that's Summer Crashers. It's a long ways out. It's probably, it starts in winter and that's probably when we're going to see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Flipping Legend. And so this game, again, they're... It's kind of that endless idea, but not completely endless. This one is a fast-paced action game where the board is split up into three lanes, and then there's two colored grids. So you have a light green or a dark green, and your flipping legend goes diagonally. You only move diagonally. So you go from, you know, it's like a checkerboard grid. You'll go from the dark square to the dark square to the dark square. You know, you never go on the light squares. Or you can then flip, you know, to the side of the screen. If you go off to the right side of the screen, you'll come back in on the left side of the screen. So you have to take that into account as you're moving diagonally. And then each of the characters that you can unlock has special moves. Like the ninja we were showing in our demo, it can move back one spot. So now you can transfer from the green spot to, or from the dark to the light spot. Or you have a move where you kill the three enemies up ahead and now you might change your color scheme. But the idea is to get into kind of the rhythm of identifying the color layout and just, you know, flipping from the diagonal to the diagonal and weaving through all the enemies and obstacles. So it takes like that, the TikTok or whatever the, the, the one where you're switching left and right trying to avoid things, but add some new elements because now you have ways to kind of change things up by your attacks or the different characters have different different moves you said right different styles of movement different special moves that are also a whole upgrade skill tree 
Yeah, typically I don't tend to play those type of games, but I, I do like how this adds like an interesting element of those different characters have different moves and it looks like you have skill points you can spend to kind of add new things to your repertoire. Yeah, the main challenge is actually that you have your health is constantly degrading every single second and the only way to replenish it is to kill enemies so you have to focus on getting to the squares where the enemies are to kill them to replenish your health but you have to also avoid the obstacles and then make sure the enemies are on the proper proper squares as you're flipping around so you have to be moving you know it's not like oh i'm gonna plan i'm swiping over here you just gotta get going and that's why it's right. so important whoever, to focus whoever was doing this demo yeah. is like moving like crazy, <laughs> crazy i know <laughs> It's like it's almost like someone doing the little thing where they're laying down their hand and slamming the knife between their fingers and just somehow not hurting themselves. But in this case, they're just jumping on these squares. Yeah, that's uh, a great it's, example. It's crazy fast. <laughs> and then there's different environments to reach. So, you know, you'll make it to a certain portion and then like you start out in the forest and then you'll get to the graveyard and then you'll get to the cave. If you make it to the forest, or you make it through the forest five times to the graveyard, you then unlock a portal, and you can then restart right at the graveyard rather than always having to start back at the forest each time. As long as you oh, prove kind of yeah. your worth. That's how they set it up. Yeah. And so that's Flipping Legend. It's free to play, and I think this one's coming out in about a month. It's the soonest of these. Okay. And then there's Invert, which is a really slick, minimalistic puzzle game that is again about turning everything the same color. So you given like a, a grid, it's like a five by five grid, and you either tap on the but so there's a button for each row and column. You tap on it to flip every item in that row or column the opposite color. So if everything's white and there's like a black grid on the fourth column, you simply tap that fourth column and then those all become white. And so it builds upon that mechanic where you'll need to figure out which row and column to tap to undo everything or to flip it all to the same color. And the really key is later levels, you can't, you're not just trying to flip everything to light. You might need to flip everything to dark. Like you keep trying to flip it to light and that's just, the solution isn't possible. You have to think of it a different way of backtracking to try to solve it in dark. And then there's going to be eight or no, there's 20 level packs with eight levels each, and each level pack is going to introduce a new shape to kind of unflip. So instead of unflipping a line, you might unflip a six, a three by three grid, so a little square within the section. And then the overarching thing won't be a five by five grid. You might have this weird triangular, a massive uh, grouping that you have to kind of change your w way you think about unflipping things. Yeah, this looks interesting. And so obviously you have a limited number of moves you can do for each turn. You're trying to get it within, to get three stars, within an X number of flips in order yeah, to... Yeah, so there's two game the modes. There's the three-star limited number of moves game mode, and then there's a speed run game mode where you can do as many moves as you want, but you only have a certain number of seconds to take off the clock before you solve the puzzle. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's an interesting take on it. Yeah, yeah. I like. I kind of like that time one. That that sounds like a cool idea. Yeah, Ryan of Noodle Cake said that people who like kind of like that fast-paced solving of a Rubik's cube really like invert because they can focus on you know unfolding things, but then doing it really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can so, definitely see that. Yeah. 
Invert is like a month away as well. Okay. And Noodle Cake, all four games really stood out. They have a, you know, they haven't come out with a game for a while. He said that they had a backlog, and now they're finally, you know, getting on to releasing the new stuff. Backlog updates for the holidays. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so that's pretty, like, the big main highlights of the conference, but there's a few rapid-fire ones that I wanted to discuss. The first one is 100 Soul. This game probably isn't going to launch in U.S. markets until 2018, but it's an over-the-top deluxe action RPG that looks outstanding. For iOS, it looks like, you know, kind of those benchmark ideas, especially because there's such real-time fluid combat. You know, Infinity Blade, it was like the standard a few years ago with really deluxe things, but everything was truncated into these specific moves. This is like an open, fluid combat, kind of like Heavenly Sword, where you're pulling off these super deluxe moves against large-scale enemies. Yeah, this looks... Uh, yeah, I mean, originally, when I first started seeing this, it looked a lot like Infinity Blade. But, yeah, it's more of an open world. You're able to move around. You can do whatever you want rather than just swiping and doing certain gestures. It looks like something you would see on a console. Yeah, it has virtual controls for now, but they're working on fleshing the game out and making it just a really deluxe iOS experience. It, if you are Korean, it's going to launch in the Korean App Store I think later this year. I assume this is a premium title. It's got to yeah. be. Yep. And then there's Power Rangers Legacy Wars, which is going to come a day before the new Power Rangers movie launches on the 24th. So March 23rd, Power Rangers Legacy Wars. It kind of looks like Injustice, Gods Among Us, you know, that, or Marvel made one, and then the Mortal Kombat game did that same style where you have two opponents facing each other and you do all kinds of swipes and try to defeat them. Yeah, It has a similar setup, but they made it more strategy-based because rather than just, you know, pulling off any moves that you can with button mashing or flipping your fingers, this one gives you 10 energy points, and each move costs energy points. So if you run out of energy, you're just sitting there ready to be attacked. So you have to focus <laughs> on, you know, if your move takes six energy points, you better have your blocks ready or, you know, get out of the way so you have to balance every single move, and so does your opponent. And they did that because this game is going to be online, multiplayer, PvP style. Those other games that I mentioned are single-player emphasis, so you can pull off all kinds of crazy moves because the game can stack upon it. This one, since it's online, they found the best balance where you think more about the moves that you make. Now, the, does that energy, it kind of refills It replenishes over time, over time yeah. Okay, okay. So you're not just stuck there until the other guy beats you or like you're both have no energy and you're just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, it, it replenishes yeah. slowly over time. And oh, then yeah. since it's Power Rangers Legacy Wars, it has every single Power Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers original TV show to the brand new Power Rangers movie and all the different offshoots in between. So, you know, you could have the Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fight the new Red Ranger from the Power Rangers movie. And then all the Power Rangers... Are, have their special moves tied to the actual moves from the show. So those iconic moves. Okay, and I assume this is a, a free-to-play and you'll unlock characters through some means over yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. But since it's online, you don't have that same kind of barrier to progression. Like in Justice, you know, you had the energy meter because you're competing in a campaign. Right. But this so one, you can just keep on playing against other people online there's no 
not at least that you saw no real thing that keeps you from playing as much as you want or right i think it's more about getting you to upgrade your power rangers to have the best fighting chance okay and then there's cube escape the cave we've talked about the different rusty lake games rusty lake roots rusty lake hotel and all the cube escape games and so cube escape the cave is the ninth in the series so if you haven't gotten to the cube escape series it's about time because there's eight games to get into they're all free cube escape cave is going to be free as well and it continues the storyline the great part about cube escape is that it's kind of like that marvel cinematic universe where you have these little pieces from these games all fit into this overarching storyline and at gdc the developer told me that they planned for 10 games in the series so they have nine coming out it's about two weeks away and then number 10 is already, you know, kind of put into motion of where they want to wrap it up at. They actually have a conclusion point. And so 9 is going to do a good job of weaving the different games together to allow for an actual finale in 10. Nice. Yeah, I love these. These are nice bite-sized ones. They kind of just take the edge off until you get the, the next Rusty Lake big big picture. And But they are so well done. And it's, it's just really weird and creepy and fun. And if you haven't played any of these, you definitely should check out this series. Yeah, def- I mean, if you're any kind of remote fan of Cuba- of point-and-click adventure games, you'll be right at home. But if you just like interesting narrative and kind of like overarching narrative storyline, Cube Escape is the most expansive, you know, across 10 games on iOS where one continuous storyline is creating this whole rusty lake world yeah and plus they're all free so there's no no reason not to try them out and the ninth installment has a new hint system rather than watching those gameplay videos on youtube oh (laughs) they finally introduced a hint system (laughs) (laughs) and so that's that's a good cover of gdc 2017 it's a lot of stuff to look forward to releasing throughout the rest of the year but As we wait for those games, the App Store has plenty of games that are actually out now to download. And so we're going to focus on three that actually came out this week that you can buy and play yourself. The first one is After the End, Forsaken Destiny. And this is a a really interesting puzzle adventure game that splits up the game into a few specific portions. So you start out kind of exploring and collecting these little pieces and interacting with switches to see and watch the world develop to create the path forward but then you might have some action sequences where you'll need to get rid of enemies or outrun a boulder and then that goes back and shifts into that monument valley where you see the path kind of open forward where you flip a switch the world will shift and now you have a different direction to go through and kind of figure out what to do next and it's fully created in that idea and then they actually tied into this time-shifting idea where you'll play through a portion as the father, flip a switch, and now you get to play as the son many years from now. So the world has kind of evolved and changed and maybe deteriorated. And that opens up a whole new path forward for the son to figure out that then helps the dad in the past and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. so the whole story just starts out and you see the dad go off on some sort of a quest and then... You kind of see it pan, and then it goes into the future, and now the son tries to go off, I'm assuming, to find the father or do something. It's one of these – everything's kind of wordless, and you kind of just uh, 
go through the game and it's just a lot of emotion in just without using words and just the music and and the images but uh the really the thing that really caught me on this game is the richness of the 3d world so you can pan and zoom around and you'll have to in order to solve some of these levels because you'll have to he'll go into like a little pathway and he's underground so you can't see him anymore so now you have to drag around the whole screen and now you can see this whole area that you couldn't necessarily see before and now you can walk around that area pick up these little things that allow you to have like another life if you pick up these little crystals you get enough of them and then that gives you one more life so if you happen to die you'll restart kind of from the last checkpoint you were at and then you'll see this little counter countdown but they're pretty freewheeling with these these crystals in order to get enough lives that you'll be able to progress through even if you do there's a couple areas where until you figure out exactly what you need to do you may end up falling off something or that boulder it caught me a couple of times because i just didn't outrun it the right way at first so uh you start to learn things as you go through the levels some of the levels are short some of the levels are super long but there's little things you're going to be able to find to unlock these little statues uh as you go through there's all these different pieces these glowing cubes that unlock segments of this the statue in each level and if you can get them all then you get the entire statue otherwise you might happen to lock yourself out from getting one of these in which case you might have to restart the level if you want to unlock that that statue yeah the statues give you that whole kind of incentive like you can solve a level without completing the statue so it gives you that replay incentive or you know a different focus than just progressing forward right yeah it makes you have to think about not necessarily just blasting your way forward and try to get through the level as quickly as you can because you could cut yourself off from a piece that you can no longer undo what you did and get that piece without starting over again so uh it definitely kind of guides your focus and i think it helps you to figure out exactly where you need to go in each of these levels a little bit because some of them are absolutely massive and you kind of just overwhelmed at first of where do i need to go but they're pretty sequential as you go through so you know like oh if i hit this then that's gonna unlock that but there are areas of some of these levels where you could just go pretty much anywhere and you're like where do i go what do i do but those little cubes kind of help you along the way and give you little guide points of okay i need to make it over there i should be able to make it over there and it at least gives you a little guidance on how to do the levels and i real i really like how different each chapter is like you'll go to a new chapter and it plays different than the chapter preceding it and it's a whole different region and environment it just keeps it fresh so that when you get a new chapter it's not like okay here's another thing where i have to do the same stuff i just did you actually feel like you're challenged in an all-new way yeah yeah even though it's those same switches and the same sort of things you're doing to trigger things it definitely feels like a different environment because there'll be new challenges where now you have to walk across certain platforms or now you have to avoid these spiky things that are coming out towards you rather than maybe just like a flipping platform so there there is like new challenges even though they're reusing elements because it's familiar to keep you progressing through they do a really nice job of kind of changing things up and keeping it interesting for each each level as you go through 
And as you said, that beautiful 3D design that lets you pan the camera all the way around to change the perspective and just appreciate the design work. Yeah, and I mean, it's used as a tool within the game, too, because you may not necessarily see there's a ladder in or something you need to get to, and you have to interact with the environment to see that. And it just it becomes a piece of the game, but it works so well. The only minor ding I have for it is just the movement. I did have I went into the settings and you can adjust how big your box is. So you have basically a virtual control that's a segment of the left side of the screen and you can basically just tap and drag and that allows you to move and then there's a box over on the side that is your interact button to interact with things and you can resize that so i immediately resized that movement thing because what would happen is i'd start to move and then all of a sudden my finger would drift enough that now i'm just kind of shifting around the scenery but once i did it once i enlarged that to the biggest width it could be on the left side of the screen that cleared up my problems so i was able to move and never had problems where it accidentally switched to like dragging around the screen by accident yeah i noticed the same thing where you just want to move and you're actually panning the camera and you have to purposely kind of reposition your finger and then the character himself he moves at a relatively <laughs> slow, slow pace. pace yes yes i wish he could move i put a little fire under his feet to find his dad come on yep and so that's after the end, Forsaken Destiny. It's $3.99 and it's universal. And then there's Pan Pan, which kind of continues that puzzle adventure idea. But as compared to after the end, this is much more open world without kind of a direct path. And you really just have to explore to figure things out. Like you'll encounter all kinds of different puzzles as you start walking around, but there's no direct area to walk around you know you're just like in this big map and you start walking over to the left and there's this whole area to go to or you go back to the right and there's all of this new kind of puzzle path sequence to figure out and you just keep progressing through that idea and just trying to find kind of any little breadcrumbs to f go forward yeah, yeah, this one is definitely the other one that gave you little footholds after the end gave you little kind of guidance. This gives you almost no guidance whatsoever. You're kind of just thrown into it and you have to figure out what you're supposed to do, how to solve these puzzles, because, again, it's all wordless. You see little little animations that kind of give you hints when he goes and tries to interact with something. But Beyond that, they really don't give you any kind of hints or instructions or anything. You kind of just tap and your character will move to that location. You can tap certain objects to pick them up. If you try to walk with an object and go down a ladder, he'll leave the object at the top of the ladder and you can't take it with you. And so it becomes like this whole thing of you just kind of understanding the strange world and then trying to figure out where you need to go, what you need to do, What's a puzzle and what's just something I can pick up? And so it's a lot more – you have to figure it out. It's not going to tell you what to do, which I, some people won't like that. Some people will like that this is even more challenging because you don't know what to do. Uh, and so I think it could be a little divisive depending on what your take is. But so far I'm enjoying it and I'm ha I definitely think – uh, after the end was a little bit easier to follow. This one is a little more challenging, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I like how well it fits the theme because the main character crashes on a new planet. So 
if you were in that situation, there wouldn't be like, oh, go ahead here and you'll know what to do. Right. You'll <laughs> just have to explore and figure it out. And so it really kind of mimics that theme through the gameplay. Right, exactly. And that's I think it fits perfectly with the game. And that's why I think it, it works really well in the game that it's in. Yep. And so that's Pan Pan. It's three ninety nine. It's universal. And then there's The Escapist. This comes from the team that created all the different Worms games, but it's quite a departure from those. It's all about trying to escape from prison. There's different prison scenarios that increase the amount of security. And rather than like a real-time kind of like survival or adventure kind of thing, it's more of a like day-by-day progression with crafting to figure out the pieces that you need and collect those, survive within the prison confines itself, and then actually find the escape route plan and then execute it. So it's not just like, you know, go execute a prison break and just run to freedom or whatever. You have to go, it's like day one. You'll start out at roll call and then you go over to breakfast. You got to go to workout. You do your day job. You go to the showers and then it's lunch or open area. And all the while you can interact with other prisoners and then you're going to collect items. You might need to get, you know, a piece of wood plus like a file and that creates a handle. Then you combine it with duct tape and then you piece it together with a sheet of metal and you have a shovel. And that shovel you can use to start digging. But you can't just go dig because there's guards going all around. So you have to go at certain times. That might be work hour where you complete your work job really quick or you wait till it gets dark and you start digging right by the fence. And it you have to figure out how much time you can dig. You can go explore other prisoner cells to find items that you could possibly craft like maybe you'll go out at night and you can craft together you know like a decoy in your bunk so they think somebody's sleeping there or a cover for the vent if you can get up into the ventilation system and so you have all these different kind of pieces but you'll go over it multiple days it's day two day three day four you're just kind of slowly gathering items and working your ways towards escape rather than just running out and like killing everybody on your way so is it a matter of this is a game that it came out on Steam back in 2015 and it's out on Xbox as well. I I've been interested in trying this one out for a, a long time. I haven't I haven't had a chance. I know that on the other platforms, they then also released like a, a Walking Dead pack as well to kind of create a Walking Dead theme. Now, I haven't played, but is this have you played Don't Starve? Did you yeah. play that at all? Yep. So is it kind of that setup where you're trying to survive as long as you can, or is there no time limit really that you are just trying to bide your time and find a way to escape, or do you have to do things to make sure you're going to survive from day to day going on in this game? It it definitely fits into that genre of game, that Don't Starve, Crashlands kind of idea, but yeah. it feels kind of more like uh, Punch Club, where... You're okay. building up your boxer where it has more of that kind of focused idea where you have specific tasks to do in the day to build up your specific character. And it's not like you could take a million days to escape from prison. Your your kind of end game, the goal is to do it in a few days as possible. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, I mean, it looks really neat. I, I this is like I said, this is one that I I was kind of hoping it would come to iOS, and then I kind of gave up hope. I didn't think it was actually going to come, and then all of a sudden it was just 
there on the App Store this week. I, I had heard nothing that it was even coming. It's a little tedious on iOS in terms of the touch implementation. You can have the touch controls, which aren't the best, or the virtual controls that kind of cover up the screen, and you're still, you end up diving through menus. And that's, okay. I don't want to okay. do that. I don't want to go over to see what I need to craft and then go to a different, like you keep having to press the pause button to do a lot of stuff within the world of the escapists. They could have taken a cue from Crashlands, but I guess since it's being ported over, they just went with the path of least resistance. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was curious because sometimes these PC ports, like we've seen good ones and we see bad ones and sometimes they just don't make the effort to really kind of eliminate what you would normally do with the mouse and menus and everything and make it a more touch centric implementation. But from what you're saying, it sounds like they just kind of put the menus in here, even though it really doesn't necessarily fit with this, the way people interact with like a, a touch device. Yeah, the most of their touch controls is you tap to move instead of using the joystick to move. Everything else is the same in terms of all the menus and interacting with items in the world. Okay. And, and now is it like a random setup when you when you start each time or is it the set scenarios that you're just trying to play It's through? just set scenarios. Like you start in with a super like luxurious prison that's laid back and then as you go you know, security increases, but you have a very specific scenario. You complete that scenario. Now you're on to more security. You complete that scenario on the on and on. Okay, okay. And so that's the Escapist. It's three ninety nine, and it's universal. There's a theme of all three of the games. They're all three ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's everything for episode nine. Yeah, I and mean, that's all I had. The only thing I want to remind people is I'm going to be at PAX East this coming weekend. Uh, so if you're at PAX East and you happen to see me, I am actually was invited to go be uh, a part of the uh, PAX Tabletop Wits and Wagers like live game show hosted uh uh, by the Dice Tower. Tom Vassell, the Dice Tower, is actually hosting it, and I was invited to be on the media team. So uh, if you want to come out and see that, that's on, on Friday night uh, at, I believe, 7 o'clock in the Dragonfly Theater. Uh, so I will be there, uh, and uh, I will also be covering a lot of iOS games as well. So it should be fun, and I will re probably report that on the next podcast. Yeah, all the GD stuff I did this week, Pack the Brett gets to do with packs next week. Yes, <laughs> so I'll have a busy weekend. And so that's episode nine of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. Brett, thanks for joining me. Well, it's a pleasure as always. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoy, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.